All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Tip It Out Golf Podcast. I am your host this fine evening, uh, Evan Ferrara, and uh, I've got here with me Mac Belovich. How we doing, Mac? Uh, not too bad. Getting over the knee problem, but if it ain't one thing, it's another. Just got over a little bit of sickness, but we're ready to rumble. Yeah. How's the? <laughs> what's the timeline before we're back out on the golf course? Do you think with the knee? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna test it. Coming up this week, Sweet. see how it goes. Probably take a cart, no walking, but yeah, you know, I've been back in the gym doing upper body. We'll see how it goes. Sweet. Sweet. And then uh also here with us, Ben Fultz. How we doing, but Ben? Good. Thanks. Uh thanks for having me. I'm 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 happy to be here. We got some uh this is the real bread and butter this week, so I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about yeah, this. This is gonna be a one. great episode. Awesome. Well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of our uh, episode let's let's do some birdies and bogeys mac why don't you kick us off yeah absolutely so uh my my birdie this week um i wrote this down on monday or tuesday had it nice and early but i saw uh I, i'm sure you guys know willie mac the third um yeah. kind of dancing around corn Ferry tour apga tour um played 27 holes on Sunday in a tournament. I think the Corn, uh, Corn Ferry Tour tournament. Hopped in his car, drove six hours Sunday night to the Wells Fargo Monday qualifier. Probably got maybe an hour of sleep. Shot 65 and got in and, get, and got to play for 20 million. Sadly, he missed the cut. I just I just checked today. Um, but you know, is is good story. You know, the grind never stops. Yeah, the Monday Q grind. I don't know if anyone follows um, like Monday Q info or something like that on Twitter. Really cool account. And just like the grind of trying to play professional golf is freaking ridiculous. Yeah. And then my bogey this week, uh, as we all know, Kentucky Derby just took place yesterday. Uh, shout out Mage. Great win. However, the bogey is seven horses died within the week of the race. Granted, a lot of them were because of, you know, broken legs and they were euthanized. But two of them died suddenly, and that trainer was promptly suspended until further notice. So there's a little bit of there's some there's a little bit of suspect stuff going on over there in the in the horse racing world. It's definitely something we're gonna have to monitor. And yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw that kind of blown up on Twitter. That I didn't realize it was seven horses. Yeah. Freaking wild. So crazy oh but to win the Kentucky derby that that horse is going to live the life the next absolutely five years ten years of its life that's for sure mm-hmm. Dude, why do i why do i suspect some tommy shelby action in there somewhere yeah he possibly like, you never know feel like some some gambling some, uh, <laughs> some tomfoolery is going on with those horses huh <laughs> potential potential wins the competition for tommy shelby has now been walked wiped out <laughs> Peaked a little too hard on his blinders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll go next because mine are kind of uh, meh. But uh, my birdie for the week is we all know BDR, Ricky Flower, our boy, played pretty well in the Wells Fargo, uh, shooting eight under. Just love to see him uh, in the mix. Always love watching him play. You know, I grew up watching him. Um, so just happy that he's, that he's playing, he's playing well and he's still up there in Dude, the money. Top 20 machine, uh, top 20 machine this year. He's just seriously. like solid, solid golf. It's awesome. to see. Mm-hmm. It's great to see. Um, uh, so I think that's a, 
that's a pretty great birdie. Um, it's fun to watch too. So, um, but my bogey for the week is I played absolutely horrendously at uh, Manikiki on Friday. Ferrara, uh, uh, Jenkins, and I all went out and played some golf on Friday afternoon. Tried to get 18 in, so it was a little iffy because one, I was battling some horrendous allergies. I sneezed about 22 times on the way home. Um, yeah. So I wasn't feeling too hot, but also, um, you know, we we're kind of rushing it because we, we needed, we didn't have a ton of daylight to get it in, but it's yeah. no excuse for terrible play. Um, just really didn't. Play well, play fast. Yeah. You know, I just didn't really have my, my up and down game like I normally do. I was a little bit better on the approach shots, but just kind of. How about those wedges play. from a hundred yards? Were we, were we putting them on the green or were they still going? Yeah. So a little, back? little, little follow up. Um, still working on it, of course, but I think, I think I've got my throttle down. I think the problem is a little bit of my old clubs. My old clubs don't help me a ton. My wedges are from like 2014. So they're almost 10 years old at this point, zero grooves, nothing like that. So if I catch one flush, it goes a solid 30 yards farther than if I, if I hit it, you know, kind of underneath the ball. So I, I think I'm more battling my equipment at that stage than necessarily like my game. But, yeah. you know, it's always a work in progress. And it's still no excuse. I should be able to throttle. So I'm working on it. I think I was a little bit better on my approach shots on the front nine when we had some daylight out. I was I was doing all right. A little long on the first hole. But after that, yeah. you know, I think I, I think I had it down. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a work in progress. It's not going to be fixed in a week. So, um, yeah, that's a little update on my my just horrendous approach shot game. Jesus. Sorry, the practice, uh, practice centered episode today will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be very good for all of us, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the practice I did over the winter though didn't help me much. So no, I would say I practicing wedges uh, off the turf, you know, in a closed environment, is kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah, or, or just on a simulator. I mean, sixty-two yards looks a little bit different in person. Blah blah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still working on it, but you know, thanks for asking for an update. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think all the people wanted to hear that. You know, yeah. definitely. A, it's another situation that we are monitoring day by day yeah we're yeah currently tracking everyone's asking about it yeah everybody everybody around me saying you know how's ben's golf game doing (laughs) um my birdie of the week played in the first golf tournament of the year um friend of the pod evan jenkins was my partner we played a two-man best ball in akron shot three under finished t-third good enough to make our money back uh we were in the money which was cool um so pretty much played free golf. Um, that was fun. Really ham and egged it really well. Made made five birdies, two bogeys. Um, so yeah, that was that was awesome. That was a fun way to start the uh, tournament season. It's really just like having three footers that mean something, and like you know, getting a little nervy over shots is. They look like ten footers. They look I like ten footers any other day. Yeah, exactly. I really do love that. I mean, you can't replicate that like feeling. <laughs> over a, a three footer that means something, um, you know, like a downhill three foot slider that, you know, means something. So if your partner is in for bogey and you got to make, make the putt for par. So that was fun. I made a good birdie on 18, um, to post that three under, um, we beat Marcus and Janj who are, um, our friends of ours that have qualified for the USM four ball like three years in a row. So that was lit to, to beat them. Um, yeah. For context, too, they are – Marcus and James are old Worcester golfers. Um, they're a couple years older than us. 
yeah. But assistant they, uh, coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, they come back and do some assistant coaching. So they're really good golfers. So it's it was pretty yeah. cool that you guys beat them. It's a, it's a good win, for sure. Mm-hmm. My and they break even. We love we do love free golf, as you mentioned. True, absolutely. Free golf is great. Uh, no skins. There was a bit the the fun thing about this. They're pretty big skin pot. Um, we made some really good birdies on some tough holes that we thought had a chance, but it really turned out to only be eagles that that won skins um, out there. So. Uh, my bogey would be I then went to a Guardians game and got uh, well <laughs> served uh, with alcohol throughout the night. And I missed my 7.20 tea time this morning due to a violent exorcism that occurred around <laughs> around 7 a.m. Uh, <laughs> I was down tremendously today, but, you know, we're still riding the high of playing some good golf in the first tournament of the year. So yeah, absolutely. You always hate it when you have to miss a tee time. Yeah. Due to the double. Hey, hey, I, I guarantee you our audience is just happy to see you alive and well and uh and here for the podcast. So yeah. Yes. Well Saste Mayo was was really getting the best of them. <laughs> too many Bud Lights. A lot of too many Miller lights. Miller Miller they don't have oh, yeah. light in the game. Nah, I think I know why. Lattes were on, on reload <laughs> all night. So, um, cool. So, uh, this episode we've been kind of talking the past couple episodes. We kind of want to keep a, a similar theme. We talking about, talked about breaking hundred, breaking ninety, and then we thought it was important before we kind of dive into breaking eighty, um, to like really focus an episode on practice because um, you know you can get around and break a hundred, break ninety by course management stuff, by just thinking a little bit more while you're on the course. But when it comes to breaking 80, you got to have, you got to practice. <laughs> it, it, that, yeah. That's a pretty hard. You got to have the game to back it up. You got to have the game to back mm-hmm. it up for sure. So um, why don't I punt, punt it over to you guys to, to, to kick us off. Mac, do you have any uh, initial thoughts to get us going? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I would start by saying there's, more or less three types of practice that I think we're going to focus on and that need to be addressed is like one, you have your normal practice. Um, You're going to the range. You have no intention of playing. Um, This is, you know, you're really grinding. You're really working on your swing. Um, The other one is like practice before round. Um, You may work on your swing a little bit. You're just working on hitting shots or, you know, working on an aspect of your game. And then you want to take it out on the golf course, no pressure to, to try and implement it on the course. And the final one is like not necessarily practice, but a tournament warm up. or, you know, you're going out to play for score. Yeah. Um, how, how do you go about getting your game ready to go out and play the best golf you can? Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's start first then with just, we got a range day. We got a, we're going to go spend some time on the short game practice area. You know, what are some things that are important to you? Um, when, when doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I would start it off by saying we're not even going to go to the range yet. We're going to go uh, loosen up. We're going to go stretch, maybe even get a little workout in. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling adventurous, um, I think it's really important, especially when you're taking that many swings because you're doubling, tripling the amount of swings you're taking any other day on the course. Yeah. Um, so it's really, you can, you know, it's really important to, you know, avoid injury. Um but, you know, I like to start it personally, actually, on the putting green. Um, 
you know, I like to work on my putting first before I do anything. Um, might just be because the putting green's closer to the clubhouse than the range. <laughs> but no, I like to, you know, work on my, my pressure cooker putts, you know, my inside of five feet, inside of six feet putts. Um, maybe work on a little bit of alignment and the work on, you know, my start lines and hitting the high point of the putt, stuff like that. Just seeing the break, maybe a little bit of lag putting. And then I will go to the range. I'll, um, I think I'm a little against the grain here is I actually don't start with a wedge. I I prefer to start with a seven iron and hit, you know, slow tempo, knock down seven irons, maybe a hundred, 120 yards with a, an alignment stick to really make sure that I'm compressing the golf ball, keeping my hands in front of the club head. Um, it's something I'm always working on. Um, so something like that, and then maybe move into, uh, maybe taking a few videos of my swing, seeing, you know, where I'm going wrong or, if I had just had a lesson um, working on those feels or that, that those swing changes that we discussed in the lesson. And once you do that, I think it's really important to um, swing normally and try not to think about it. Like you would be out on the golf course. Um, and, and then one other thing I'd like to add to that uh, long range practice is I think this is the most important is mixing up your clubs. I think you guys can also agree with this. I kind of learned it in college from our coach. Um, I had never really heard it before, but what you want to do is, you know, you don't want to go through the bag nine, eight, seven, six, five, you know, you want to, you know, maybe start with a seven iron, drop down to a nine iron, drop a, go up to a four iron. You want to mix it up because the clubs are different. I don't think really anybody listening to us is playing one length unless you're Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, I think that's really sure. important because, you know, the swings are more or less the same, but it's it's definitely a very different feel. So, you know, you're never going to have the same, you know, you're never going to go nine iron, eight iron on a golf on a, on, on the course. Yeah. Um, so really trying to replicate in your practice the feelings of being out on the golf course, trying to execute shots, you know, stuff like that. I think I like what you said. Like, I usually start with a wedge. You start with seven iron, but. I think the key to both of our starts of a practice session is like half swing. Um, you know, not, I'm not taking full swings to start. I'm taking half swings, like dialing in that feel from your waist to your waist, no matter what club you use, whether it's a wedge or a seven iron, it's just like, that's, that's where the money's made. Like pure con if you can, if you can control your tempo, make pure contact with a half swing. Um, that's like the name of the game. So yeah, I always start with, 50 yard wedges, 60 yard, 70 yard wedges, like just, just trying to dial in like a half swing, you know, flush a couple half swing shots, really feel where, and, and also I like what you said there. I think if you're ever going to the range, just for going the range, you should lay down an alignment stick or a club and really, you know, where am I aiming? Like, the, like the, let's, let's, let's practice with a purpose. Um, let's, let's always have an alignment stick down if we're, you know, having a, a, just a defined range session. So we um, keep our alignment in check for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, my, my strategy is, is very similar to you guys. I mean, I, I also like to start with a seven iron Mac, but um, that's mostly just because it's a club that I know that I can hit really consistently. And once I start hitting it consistently, then I know that I'm ready to kind of break out to other clubs. Um, mm -hmm. I do jump around a bit though. I don't, I don't have any like, Oh, I go seven, five driver yeah. something like that like i don't have a very it's very feel based but absolutely use an alignment stick keep things consistent 
Um, the two things that I did want to say here, though, with just general practice is I think these are two big things that I try to remember a lot. Um, and I'm still working on definitely, but definitely the biggest thing with hitting balls is there's a difference between just going to the range and just whacking away at balls versus actually practicing. And what I mean by that is you can go to the range, get, uh, you know, two large buckets, hit all of them in a half an hour and then leave. Right. Um, but that's not really practicing, right? It's almost better to get a small bucket of balls and take an hour and a half to hit every shot. When you're really lining it up, you're really trying to think of a scenario, hit a certain type of shot, you know, practice a certain type of swing or do something like that, um, you know, because it, it really nails in what you're trying to emphasize, right? Which is consistency. And I'm, I'm here to practice, so might as well practice. Every once in a while, I find myself going to the range and just kind of whacking away at balls. Um, and yes, reps is really good. Um, you know, if you're trying to get better, hitting more golf balls is never a bad thing, right? So if you're going to the range and you find yourself doing this, it might not be the end of the world. But if you're really trying to get better, it is good to try to focus your practice, right? Like we've been saying this entire time, focused practice, right? Um, so that was one big thing. But the other thing that I want to mention too is, and this is more with regards to putting, I would say be very careful if you go to a course with no intention of playing and then only hitting putts based on speed. Because if you go to the putting green when you are not, you're not, you have no intention of playing and you're only practicing your speed on the putting green uh, and you go to a different course and the speed is totally different, you're going to be thrown off and all your practice was, was useless. So when I think the best way to combat this is, yeah, go to the putting green, practice some speed, but don't look at just speed, right? Um, because you know that's a variable. It's it's yeah. it's going to change depending on what course you're at. So um, I, I think those are just two huge things. You know, I mean, the putting thing is is massive. I used to do that a ton and get pissed while I was hitting balls, you know, 15 feet past the pin. And I realized that, you know, that's where the practice is different, right? Like if I go to the putting green now and I drop a couple balls, I actually don't look at speed at all if I have no intention of playing. I only try to, you know, okay, how's my stroke looking? How's my alignment? Am I reading the putt correctly? Am I triangulating a putt correctly? You know, that's where I do my ladder drills and those kind of things. Um, granted, like I said, you can still practice speed going to some random course and hitting putts, but just keep in mind that it might change. So you might not necessarily – um, you know, that might not really carry over to other courses that you play. Um, but yeah, other than that, I really have, you know, uh, no defined structure, I would say in my practice. I think when I go, I think my, my main focus is really to just work on consistency and try to have a decently focused practice so that, you know, when I leave the range or the putting green, I feel like my swing is better than when I arrived. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, I really think it's huge that you really practice to practice instead of practice to just go whack the ball around. Um, but every once in a while you need that, you know, that it might be nice too. So, yeah. Just keep and I think, I think, I think an important point you made about, you know, just buying two large buckets and hitting for half an hour versus a small bucket for an hour and a half, you know, yeah. I think that's huge is I, especially um, when I go to the range is I will go through my pre-shot routine on, on almost every swing. You know, I, you, you want to stay consistent. You want to get your body in this feeling of like, um, you know, oh, I went through this pre-shot routine. You know, your mind's thinking we did the pre-shot routine. Well, we're, we got we're going to swing now, you know, so it's putting your mind in the right spot before you mm -hmm. take the club back. 
Um, mm-hmm. it's but like also a pre-shot routine. Also, a pre-shot routine is totally something that you can practice, right? Yeah, you know, it's something that it's something that you you absolutely should practice. So I think it's I think that's why it's so important that you you know you you almost hit less balls because your your practice was more focused, right? You were focused on working on your pre-shot routine, yeah. and by taking and by taking time between each shot too it forces you to have a purpose with each ball you know yeah, exactly. you can have a purpose showing up to the range going you know i want to work on hitting a draw today well mm-hmm. you can go up there and just start whacking balls trying to hit a draw but mm-hmm. you know by taking time between right, each right. Shot, even cleaning right. your club you know that's something mm-hmm. i do all the time is you know I, you know wipe off the club between each shot even if it's even if i'm hitting off a turf you know um, mm-hmm. It just gives my time, my mind time to process what just happened, what I can change, um, exactly. what I can do moving mm-hmm. forward. I think the biggest thing there too is, you know, obviously you get all those other benefits too, but you know, if you were up there just whacking balls, how much are you really learning from each shot that you hit? Right. You know? And like I said, sometimes it is nice to just go out there and whack balls because that's what you're feeling like doing. But if you're really looking for good practice, you know, you need to learn something off of every shot. Okay. I'm trying to hit a high draw here and I'm aligned at this pin. Okay. Hit my shot, step back, you know, okay. Did I do that? Did I execute on what I was trying to do? How did it go? What could I improve on? And then try that on the next shot. You know, if you're just whacking away, you don't really learn much. So yeah, I think that's really important. Agreed. I I have a couple of uh, games that I like to play when I'm, when I'm practicing like this. Um, I'm, I'm traditionally a, a draw, like I like to draw the golf ball, but I think it's important to like practice um, shot shapes going both ways. What like while you're while you're uh, you know working on the game, so I'll pick a hole or pick a target and hit, try to hit two draws into that pin, and then reset and try to hit two cuts into that pin, you know, or, or target. And if and I can't and then I can't like move to a different shot until I've you know done two consecutive draws that have landed on the green and then two consecutive cuts that have landed on the green and then I'm then I can maybe move to a different club or a different shot shape or, or something like that. I, that's a that's a cool drill. Um, another one I, I really like to do is with the driver is taking like two, picking a tree. Maybe it's a, a 250 yard marker. Maybe it's a 200 yard marker. Fairway. Making a fairway. So mm-hmm. I, I now have it defined if it goes right of this tree, it's out of the fairway. If it goes left of this marker, it's, it's out of the fairway. So I have a defined fairway and I try to go hit, you know, seven out of 10 fairways uh, with a driver, um, maybe even a three wood or a two iron two, or if you have like a hybrid that you like to hit off the tee, playing games like that. Um, and really mm-hmm. because you're keeping track of where your balls went, like this is the perfect time to practice the pre-shot routine, right? Like, you know, it's, it's almost like you're stepping up to an actual tee. Like each shot each shot you hit counts, so, you know, take them seriously. Um, I think that's really good practice. Another um, kind of drill or different practice that I've uh, been taught is um, to almost, like, play a, a, a whole simulation on the range. So start off with the driver, um, you know, hit, hit the driver. And then it's like, you hit it good. So you're gonna have a wedge in your hand, pick, pick a, pick a, a target with a wedge number, hit the wedge into that hole. And then, you know, and then if you hit it good, you know, whatever, it's just like trying to take, take yourself away from just beating balls and hitting the same shot over and over again to like, let's, you know, practice something that's actually, I'm actually gonna be doing on the course where it's, I hit driver and then I'm going to hit it an iron and then 
might hit a wedge on a par five after that. Um, so um, those are all cool things that I, I've done and definitely have seen benefits from in my game. Hey, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to add really quick, you know, if coming kind of tying this back into our, our last couple episodes about, uh, about higher handicap and lowering, you know, your handicap, if you're trying to break a hundred, break 90. And mid handicap, um, you know, mea culpa. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I think I think it's really cool for her that you mentioned about picking a fairway. Um, just because in the past we've talked so much about zonage, right? And those picking a zone and hitting to a zone. Uh, it just goes to show, and really my, po- my whole point here is, no matter what level you're at, those zones are still in play. And, you know, really all, it, all that is is just limiting your zone, just making the zone a little bit smaller. Um, and trying to hit it into a little bit more of a compact area. Yeah. But, you know, even all that advice that we had given was, you know, based on what we do as, you know, I would say fairly regular, you know, 70s players, you know, that, that really translates over to, you know, breaking those higher numbers. And granted, that's not what this episode is about, but if there's any listeners from from those, you know, kind of groups that are trying to lower their score, just keep in mind that that really translates all the way down you know, all the way down to the lower handicaps. Um, it's something you can use all the time. It's a great strategy. So great, great games there too. I, I, I also play some yeah. of those on the, on the range too. And that's, and I, I know we mentioned this, you know, when we talked about putting practice in a prior episode of like playing games, putting pressure on your practice, making you um, focus and concentrate and, you know, adding that feel of I'm on the course. If I don't make this, I'm adding another stroke kind of thing. It's true across all practice, even chipping, even putting, even drivers, irons, wedges, all, you know, everything. Put a game on it. Put put yourself in a pressure situation. Can you execute when, you know, oh, I, you know, I got to hit three draws in a row and I just hit two in a row. You know, I've been trying this for 20 minutes. I got to I got to hit this draw because I want to go do something else, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, Actually, growing up, I used to go to this place called the Dome, which is pretty much you know, just a, a big dome, but they, they hung, it was an indoor range basically. And they would hang targets on the back wall. And when I was a kid, I would try to hit a specific target back and forth and I could only leave until I hit, you know, blank amount of targets or something like that. So it's, it's very similar, right? Your practice is focused. You're yeah. trying to, you're trying to hit a specific type of shot. And if you don't do it, you learn something based on it. The other thing I've mentioned in this in a previous couple of episodes that I don't think a lot of people practice and is an important shot to practice while you're on the range is punch shots. Um, like a lot of people are just hitting, you know, perfect lie, high shots, like regular shots, but you're going to have a multiple punch shots when you're playing an actual round of golf. So I try to, I take my four or five iron and hit a couple, you know, try to just hit low punch shots, try to hit punch draws where the, where I can keep it low and draw it or keep it low and try to cut it. Just have having those, like a versatile punch game is is so so damn important and nobody practices it on the range like i i feel like or not many yeah. people would think to practice that mm-hmm. shot on the range but that is such a crucial mm-hmm. um shot to have like i had um i made a, a birdie this this weekend um in the uh tournament i played in and i hit a drive into the trees and then hit a punch shot that you know from like 80 yards that ran up to 12 feet. So, you know, when you're, so like, I guess the point of that is like, when you have a good punch game, you know, 
you still can make birdie from from bad spots, right? And it's super important to practice that because it just puts you back into play, gives you a better chance of making par or saving par, gives you a better chance of even stealing a stroke and making birdie uh, when you really dial in that punch game. So, yeah, I mean, petition to put trees. 50 yards or 20 yards in front of us on the range. You know, I'd, I'd sign that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't have any trees on the range. So that's why nobody practices a punch game. And to your point though, of like, you know, hitting different shots and especially like punch shots is have fun. You know, it, it, we're talking about all this and it sounds so serious, but have fun when you practice, you know, play your games, all that, but also, you know, like try hitting a flop shot with an eight iron, you know, just any mm-hmm. shot you try and hit, it teaches you, how the how the ball reacts, how how your hands react, you know how how you swing the club. It's yeah. so episodes important. over, episodes over. That's all you yeah. need now. That's all. <laughs> I have I have so That's much fun. Hard. I'll hit. I'll, I'll go out to the range and I'll hit seven iron flop shots off the turf. And you know, like, mm-hmm. but you're learning. What what I love about that is you're learning what right. happens when you do that. You know, like when you how your body reacts. What, what what right. swing path do you need to hit this flop shot? Like, how do you keep your hands open? It's all, you know, it's it's so important. Right. What, does it, what does it feel like when you hit that shot? Because if you hit a shank, you know, you might not know exactly where the ball well, angle feel good. hit the club face, right? <laughs> so it's nice to know what these shots actually feel like when you hit them and kind of what how, how your swing changes. It's all feel-based, too. Yeah. Um, something that I did want to throw in here that we didn't really talk about really quick is chipping greens. Um Jimmy greens aren't at every single range. So, you know, if, if you go to a range and it doesn't have a chipping green, maybe the putting green allows it, but let's just say for sake of argument that they don't allow chipping at the putting green, you can drop a couple balls in the range and try to chip to a specific point in the range. Usually there's some sort of target, you know, 15, 20 yards in front of you that you can try to chip to, which is good substitute, obviously not the best practice, but a good substitute. And what I did want to mention really quick too is, if they do have a chipping green, usually they are not um, very well cared for. So when I go to a chipping green, you know, the greens aren't really one-to-one as they are on the well, course. The putty green and chipping green aren't necessarily the same speed, same firmness. Yeah. Right. And they're usually just not, they're usually just not up yeah. to par. Yep. Um, so what I wanted to mention is instead of going to the chipping green trying to hit, you know, trying to make every chip or something, I go to the chipping green and I'll grab a, a big bunch of balls and I'll just throw it into the area and i now practice i'm now practicing what's my lie look like what kind of shot can i hit to this type of pin so i'm really practicing the lie and the shot type that i'm going for versus where's the ball going on the green you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm practicing landing zones of my chipping as well right i'm picking a circle on the green and i want to hit it inside this circle i don't really care where the ball goes after that because the green kind of sucks but as long as i'm hitting my spot and i'm hitting it from a lie that i don't normally have That'll get, that gives me so – I used to do that a ton as a kid, and yep. that's, that's how I attribute – that's what I attribute my, my decent short game to. And also, to that, to that point of throwing balls out, I think it's perfect because you're not standing in one spot hitting the same shot over and over again. You're really varying mm-hmm. it. But also, don't give yourself a perfect lie on the chipping green. You're, you're almost never going to have a perfect lie when you're chipping. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. You know, Practice how you play. Um, yeah, I love- throw in, if you have a bunker – give yourself a couple fried eggs or, you know, you're, yeah. you know, in a footprint or something, you know, yep. change it up. Yeah. No, I love that. Like, you know, just instead of hitting a chip shot, like fluffing a chip shot, like throwing a ball down, fluffing it up, hitting a perfect lie, just dropping a ball from your shoulder height or throwing mm-hmm. something up in the air and just letting it land and wherever it's landing, that's what you're playing from. And it just, yeah, even just you. stepping on the ball, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really actually, yeah. 
and I mean, ideally, if you can find some sort of chipping green that has, you know, some like taller grass as well, that's helpful too. Growing up, um, my home course had some like kind of fes fescue near the chipping green. So it always, that's where I throw balls as well. Um, the point really isn't, like I said, to hit a specific, you know, to hit it to the hole really and try to like actually get it within certain distance, but just practice hitting different types of shots because you really never know what you're going to get out there in the course. So the more knowledge you have of what to do in this scenario, yeah. the better the outcome is going to be when you're actually playing on the course. It's like studying oh. for a test. Exactly. Yes. You got to study everything. You know, you're on a test, but you got to study it all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another good chipping drill, just off the same idea that that you're talking about, Ben, is mm -hmm. I'll take a couple of clubs and put clubs about four feet apart. So there's like a almost like a ladder of clubs. I was just about to mention yeah. this one. Yeah. So I let's say you have four or five clubs. You have you know four or five different hitting zones that you're trying to land it in in between two clubs. So. You know, oh, you're talking about put, putting these on the green? Putting them on the green, exactly. Yeah, I'm like creating landing zones. Creating landing zones, exactly. Ah, I see. Just oh, like, that's a great game. Uh, kind of uh, like a, a ladder drill for chipping. Yep. 100%. So, like, yeah, it, once you hit a couple chips in that first zone, you move to the next one. You know, mm -hmm. if you're Zach Johnson, my man's can go up and down that ladder. <laughs> and where, um, yeah. So, you know, that's just good practice of um, landing the ball where you want to land it because – I, I like I like that a lot too because you can hit a specific or you can hit different types of shots to yeah. those landing zones. You can yeah, try to hit right. a flop to the first one and then play. try to hit a low one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so we talked about so this is all like normal practice, no intention of playing. Um, I think practice mm -hmm. before just a uh, you know taking. Well, I would say it's kind of the same thing. Uh, maybe a little bit more abbreviated for practice before round, but also I would I would add if you have time after a normal practice or anything, and you you were working on something in your swing or you're working on mechanics or something like that, I would highly recommend taking it out to the golf course, especially like even after a lesson is taking what you learned out to the golf course as fast as you can to really try and break the either the old bad habits or and cement the new um, habits that you that you're working on. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I think that's great. So, you get immediate practice as well with what, what you just learned. That's that's some great yeah. advice for sure. Yeah, um, but if, I, if I'm if I'm hitting range balls before just a regular round, not not necessarily big stakes on the round. I'm going out with some buddies. We're hitting the range beforehand. Um, still stretching and warming up. Um, if you if you ever heard of like TPI Titles Performance Institute, they want you to sweat actually when you're stretching and like warming up before you hit balls it's like i mean granted you don't need to maybe take it that far but like all the all the <laughs> best players in the world are like doing uh movements and stretching and you know like light exercises that's going to break a light sweat before they're hitting balls or before they're getting ready for the range so just a plug there that i want to throw in but a lot of my pre-round warm-up where it differs from uh you know, a, like a focused practice session where I'm only going to hit balls or I'm only going to chip putt is um, I like hitting some balls and just seeing like more so instead of like taking a pre-shot routine every time, like I want to hit five or six golf balls and just see how they react, see where, see how I'm feeling. Um, so like, it's like, oh, I'm kind of pushing it a little bit today. I'm kind of cutting it a little bit today. And I'm not, I'm not trying to necessarily fix, you know, I don't, I never try to like fix something on the range. I'm more so just like note that it's like, okay, my ball is starting a little bit right of where, where, where I 
usually started. So I'm just going to make note of that. And I, I'm going to take that onto the course with me, or I'm going to use that, you know, keep that in the back of my mind that that's what's happening. And I'm going to, you know, bring that to the course. So a lot of, I don't know, a lot of my range sessions before rounds are just to get loose, see how the ball's flying and, um, making note of what some feels are and like what, what the ball is doing and then try to use that to take it on the course. But yeah, I think the that's the, the biggest key between mm-hmm. a, a, uh, just a practice, normal practice session and a, like a pre round warm up is in a normal practice session, you're working on trying to get it straight or get it to draw or get it to fade, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I think in a warm up, you're just making note of it. You're tr- you, you may try and fix it to get, you know, better contact, but besides, besides yeah, that, you're just light changes, but you kind of got not, the day, right? You got what you got and you got to take yep. it on. Mm-hmm. The, um, the only thing that I'll, I'll tack onto that too is on the range. Um, this kind of goes hand in hand for, you know, high stakes play, but also just going off for fun is I like to look at the conditions every once in a while. Um, the conditions, you know, I'm not looking at wind and that kind of stuff. I'm more looking at just how the ball flies. You know, if it's humid out, the ball doesn't fly quite as far. So I kind of get a decent gauge for my distances. Um, yeah. Sometimes not the greatest gauge, but it is nice every once in a while to be like, oh, okay, my eight iron only went, you know, 170 this time instead of, you know, 180 or something like that. And it's nice um, too if you consistently go to the same range. Even if there's not many targets, you can still kind of tell, like, oh, I'm coming up 10 right. yards short of where this club usually mm-hmm. goes with these crappy range yeah. balls. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a you know a ratio to actually exactly. Play. Yeah, it's really just data gathering. In all honesty, um, you know, with, with a high stakes play, is it's it's you're really just trying to you know gain more information on how you're swinging, what the ball is looking like, you know, what's what are you doing consistently that might not be great, but what are you doing consistently, you know, and then. Even you know after the round, going going back to the range and trying to work on what what happened during yeah. the round. I think another. Oh, go ahead, Farrar. Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say like there, we've all had those range sessions where we're like really struggling. We're like can't make contact. The ball is just doing all different kinds of things, and like you know everyone's had those like bad warm ups. I think if you start to feel that um, on your warm up, what I like to do is like start to resort to half swings and like, let's start making some solid contact on some half swing, three quarter swings. Um, if I'm, if I'm hitting shots and they're going all over the place, I'll be like, all right, let's take a step back. Let me grab my pitching wedge and I'm going to try to hit this pitching wedge a hundred yards or I'm, uh, you know, 90 yards. I'm just going to hit half swings, mm-hmm. focus on good contact, then maybe hit a couple of full swings and then I'm, and then I'm ready to go. Like that's a good way to, uh, prevent the panic of a bad range session, you know, before, <laughs> before going to play. Um, something i've done so yeah absolutely. my uh my dad my dad and i call that going back to the fundamentals absolutely right? like those are my i have a i have a baseline golf swing and every once in a while i'll deviate from my baseline golf swing so you know just in order to get that back i go back to that baseline and just you know yep. hit the ball straight with decent contact that's really all you want you know i think yeah one of my coaches or one of my swing coaches i used to have that was my first like three lessons with them. That's literally all we did was hit a seven iron a hundred yards. Yep. It mm-hmm. was, it's like, if you can do that, you can, you can crank it up to 110, but yep. you have to know how to do that first. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I would also add, uh, you know, kind of tournament warm up. maybe go through a little bit of like a routine that I like. Um, okay. So yeah, is, now we're moving to, we got a money, yeah, money game with a money, money game, game going or a mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. Tournament. Yeah. 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 Text, you text your buddies. They said $5 a hole. 
Yeah, you're playing keeping score. Skins, <laughs> playing Nassau or something like that. Um, but yeah, so what I like to do um, is I'll do my gate putting drill, the you know, the three foot, make sure you're getting square contact. Um, I won't put any T down, but I'll do a little clock drill um, as well. And that'll so take maybe small sides of the hole. Yep. I like yep, that. And that'll take maybe 10 minutes at most. Yep. Nice and short. Um, and then I'll go to the range and I will uh, warm up with the seven iron. Uh, my warm up drill with the seven iron and the alignment stick on my shaft kind of deal, um, which is all personal preference for me. But it, or hitting, you know, for you guys, maybe hitting, you know, some knockdown wedges or, you know, stuff like that. And then I'll, I'll jump through the bag um, if I've played a practice round or maybe I'll look at the scorecard, see uh, yes. how long the par threes are. And yes. I'll, you know, focus a little bit more on those yardages or knowing, you know, from a practice round, oh, I've had these yardages a lot in the practice round. I'll, you know, try and do that again um, and then hit a few drivers, go chip and putt or go chips, go chip if I can, if they have it or, you know, hit chips, hit some chip shots on the range. Um and then I'll go putt for another 20, 25 minutes, uh, just going all over the place, speed. Me- you know, varying the distance, getting some, some speed measurements. You know, what I like to do is find a, a straight putt with a little bit of up or downhill slope. And I'll go for like a 20 footer and I'll hit two or three balls down to the bottom flag and two or three balls back up to the top flag and just kind of see how fast are they going downhill? How fast do they come or how slow are they? How slow are they coming back uphill? Yep. Really gathering information on those speeds. And then once that's all done, you know, I got 10 minutes to my tea time, maybe relax a little bit, just get in the headspace. But I, what I like to do like immediately before I tee off, before I go to the tee box um, is go back to the range and go, okay, what's my first tee shot going to be? If I'm, am I hitting driver and then look out at the range and try and picture where that fairway is, um, what that first tee shot is, yep. what that, what that first tee shot look, looks like and hit maybe two or three shots like that before you go to the tee box. I think that's really important. And it's, you know, it just kind of calms the nerves a little bit. You're like, I've seen the shot before. I know what I'm going to do on the first tee. Yep. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's great. I think you had some awesome points there. If I could echo one that I didn't learn till college was looking at the yardages, the par threes are playing and then hit it and then purposely hitting those shots on the range. That is, that's awesome. Um, something like nobody really thinks about, but that's a really cool um, nugget. Uh, I also love the practicing that first tee shot. It's like, I know what this first tee shot requires. I know a club I'm going to hit. I'm going to go hit that three, two, three times till I feel good and then head right over the tee. That, those are really, really good advice, things to do before, you know, before you're playing a, a round that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously on the exact same same wavelength, uh, obviously going to echo everything that you guys have said before. But the only thing that I will add that is new is every I have run into the scenario every once in a while where I'm standing on the range and I kind of don't really know when I'm done. You know, I don't really, you know, when am I feeling good? Right. And I think that's where, you know, the range time before I play in some sort of tournament, data gathering, all that is really nice. Figuring out what, what, what type of shots you're hitting, blah, blah, blah. That's all really great. But I know when I'm ready to go is when I'm feeling warmed up, right? If I'm feeling like the next shot that I'm going to take, I know what's going to happen. That's when I know that I'm good to kind of migrate over to the putting green and start warming up on my putts. Yeah. Uh, I've just, I've gotten to that kind of never ending cycle of, you know, oh, that one didn't feel good. Okay. Let's hit another one. Oh, well, that wasn't what I wanted. You know, let's hit another one. 
you know, and you kind of, you, you get to a point where you're like, shoot, my tee time's in five minutes. I didn't putt at all. Right. Or you're just uh, trying to find something. Right. And it, I, I feel like that, that cycle can kind of get going and it's hard to get out of it. But as long as you are feeling confident that you could stand up to your next shot and hit the ball fairly consistently, that's good. Even if you didn't end in a great shot or, you know, didn't love your last one, that's okay. Cause the whole point is really to just get warmed up, right. You know, get, get your back crack out, warm up your shoulders, warm up your hips, get everything out, you know, that you need to. Um, I think that's really, really important. And at that point I, I start migrating over the putting. I kind of separate mine into, you know, warm up on the range, just get to the point where like my body feels ready. And then the putting is where the majority of, of my real, like my, my focus practice comes from, in, in my personal opinion, because that's where in my game is, you know, that's where I need my scoring. So that might be yeah. a little bit more tailored to me, but at the same time, it's still, still good to, yeah. good to know. Uh, a cool thing that uh, I've been told too is like, so like you, I, I love what Mac does. And I try to do this too. Start on the putting green, hit some short putts, go to the driving range, work on those par three yardages, work on wedges, maybe play that driver game where you try to hit a couple in the fairway or you practice that first tee shot. Then going back to the putting green, focusing this time a little bit more on speed. Also, I think you should hit chip shots and see how the, the ball is reacting with chip shots because it could be wet and the ball could be like sticking and grabbing. It could be really firm and fast and the ball's releasing really far. I think you need to figure out how the ball is reacting on, around the greens uh, is really important. Um, and then right before your tee time, what I like to do is give myself like a two footer, like almost like a gimme almost and make like three two footers. Like see if just the ball go right in the back of the cup right before I go to the first tee. Easy the Dottie Pepper special. It's just like, mm-hmm. you're not trying to like grind over this five footer that you're only 40, you're only going to make, you know, 55 to 60% of the time. No, go to a, a putt, like a straight putt that's two feet and you're just, and just make, and just watch three balls go in right before you head to the first tee. Uh, I think yeah, that's yeah, a confidence booster um, because I, I was kind of explaining to these guys uh, before we started the podcast, but you know, it, when you're playing around that matters for money or for a tournament, those three footers or those two footers start to mean something and they get, you get a little nervy over them. So mm-hmm. just seeing a couple balls go in from real close, right in the dead center, right before you go off to the first tee is, is a huge confidence boost. Yeah. And I think it helps, helps mm-hmm. when you, you got to make all those two, three footers throughout the, throughout the day. So. Yeah, and absolutely. I think to that, I would, I would also add the putting is very different compared to practice putting, uh, turn like mm-hmm. turn pre-round tournament putting is very different. Uh, I may do the gate. I know I, I, I always do the gate drill. That's the yeah. one drill I always do. I'll do the clock drill maybe a little bit, but just kind of on a, a rough basis. I'll just kind of drop some balls around at approximately three to five feet. Yeah. I won't put any tees out. I'll just kind of do that. And I think the, the most important thing, I think um, what I find that really works for me, and I think a lot of people will benefit from this, is when you can do your speed putting and do your long putts um, a little bit, but focus a lot when you're just, you know, before a turnaround, you're just kind of dropping balls all over the place and just getting a bunch of different breaks and lies and all this. Focus a lot on dropping it between eight and 15 feet. Don't go any farther than that. You know, you may, you, you'll see a few more putts going in, but it'll give you a little bit more confidence. Yeah. You know, those are the putts that mean a lot more. You're never really going to make those 20 to 50 footers yeah. all that often. So as long as you have your speed right with those, you know, focus a little bit of time on speed with those, but the majority of your practice should be inside of 15 feet before a round. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I also like, 
um like yeah practicing like a 25 footer or like a 20 to like 35 footer you know isn't super beneficial maybe even you could go from like outside like 18 to, to 35 feet isn't that important i would focus on those inside 15 footers and then like 40 to 50 footer like like bomb like lag putts and just because like if you if you can have your speed at that at, at the shorter putts 10 feet to and then like the 50 footers then your speed's gonna be good for from the in the 20 foot range you know or the mm -hmm. 25 foot range so one other kind of drill for speed practice um that's really good is putting to the edge of the fringe so i'm not picking i'm not looking at a hole i'm not looking i don't really have much of a target like this is strictly a speed putt i'm looking at the fringe and my goal is to die the ball right as close to that edge of the fringe as i possibly can if it rolls over it a little bit that's fine if it leaves it a little bit short but it's just completely speed like all i'm trying to do is get my ball to that apron of the fringe and green as close as possible uh it's a good little speed uh drill yeah. from like you know, 40 mm -hmm. beyond so yeah and to that like i i do something like that but what i'll do is i'll put to the pin and just see can yeah. i get it pin high um mm -hmm. i don't worry about you know kind of left right misses just yeah. worry about the long short um but yeah anything so, any other, hey, really, uh, yeah go ahead sorry i uh i have a couple stats that i think would be really cool to kind of tie in just everything that we've talked about so far um it is a little bit more general, so just keep that in mind. Well, this is perfect. I was about to ask any closing thoughts, so here we okay, go. Great. Yeah, so I looked up a bunch of stuff here. These are just good for, I think, you know, if I'm somebody who's really trying to break 80 and I'm not I'm not currently doing it, um, you know, I'm going to write down these stats and kind of just watch my own game and start to compare and just see kind of where my game's at, right? So I'm going to list off a bunch here, but just stay with me. So eight handicappers on average – they average about 237 yards off the, off the tee, and they hit about 47% of the fairways. They're 40% of the greens in regulation, a.k.a. 7.2 greens per round, which is less than half. So keep that in mind. You don't even need to be perfect. Um, they up and down about 40% of the time from within 25 yards, um, and up and down from bunkers 24% of the time. They one putt 3.9% of the time, or sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. They have 3.91 putts per round on average, 11.72 mm. um, putts on average, and 2.43 putts per average, which is around about 33.4 putts per round. Um, and every time they hit the green regulation, they average around about 2.8 putts-ish. So, you know, obviously you're going for two 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 putts, you know, if you're in, in green regulation, but most of the time the average is higher than that. Um, and then the last few here is just general score per par type. So around they average around 3.6 on par threes, 4.5 on par fours, and 5.4 on par fives. So you can see that even at an eight handicap, my whole point in mentioning all these stats is it's great benchmarks, right, to compare yourself to, you know, somebody who's an eight handicap if you're not. But also – you know, all this is emphasizing that you don't need to be parring every single hole, right? The whole point of, of breaking 80 is to just get more consistent, right? Just start making, you know, if you're, if you're shooting 90 or, you know, high 80s or something like that, your greens and reg is probably not 40% of the time, right? You're probably not hitting it 230 yards off the tee. So you're probably having more than 33 point whatever putts per round. 
Um, right. You're probably not getting but also. Time. Yeah. So like those are just really. Right. Yeah, I love that. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. And, and good. Yeah. And I liked. And the last thing that I want to mention too is, you know, both sides. Whether you go up or down, right? Okay. I didn't hit forty percent of my greens and regulation, but I also didn't have you know two point four three putts. So my point is. They kind of they're they're correlated in a sense where you can kind of go okay well I wasn't perfect in this scenario but I made up for it in this scenario right mm-hmm. so you know you might not be playing great on your putts but that doesn't matter because golf is a, is a journey right you're gonna play multiple holes if you double the first hole it doesn't really matter because you have 17 holes to make up for it so just keep that in mind that yes these are a great be- benchmark you don't need to be perfect. You know, you can go out there and, and have fun. And, you know, you could still shoot in the in, in the 70s and absolutely suck on putting. But every single approach that you hit was within five feet, you know. So um, yeah. they're just benchmark stats that, that can really guide you in the right direction. If I can add one thing, I think you can learn a lot about what you need to practice and work on by keeping fairways in regulation, greens in regulation, putts. Like that's, that's yep. a really – just those three statistics are super easy to keep track of and you can learn a lot about what you need to work on just by keeping those things um, great great point for our yeah gr- growing up i would keep i would keep fairway and reg green and reg putts per hole and then if i got it up and down or a sand yeah. save i keep it and i keep it on if it. i'm keeping a scorecard i keep it on every every scorecard i have that's yeah. like it's automatic it is, score putts yeah. fairway green <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. i love the great part about a scorecard too is if you know you get an extra scorecard and you you just have your score at the top, you have all those other columns which are meant for other players. Where I can put my fairway and reg, and then I have a little box for my fairway and reg. You know, I just make a check mark, or I just have a little box for putts. So it's the scorecard is even is even favorable and layout for for keeping stats like that. Um, that that was a great point for her. yeah. You don't you know you don't need to you know, do all the math for all these stats and all this, but it just gives you a general sense of, of where you should be at. Where you're yeah. lacking and where you need to get better. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. I think, you know, we could, we'll talk about it next week in the breaking 80, but a little taste of a little preview is, I think I heard this uh, the other day where it's, you can, you can still score well when one putt is, or when one part of your, one part of your game is doing well. So you may not be, shipping it very well but you're making a lot of putts so you're getting up and down a lot right um so that's kind of but to take strain off your game um is to practice the areas you're lacking and having a balanced game makes breaking 80 or breaking 90 or breaking 100 a lot less stressful and a lot more fun yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely so we'll we'll have a focus practice (laughs) we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely be diving more a little bit deeper into kind of the stats and just, you know, things to look for general thoughts um, um, next week. But I think that was a great, you know, the reason by the way, why we wanted to do this podcast as, as practice based is majority of breaking 80 is really practice based, right? You know, you have to focus on consistency and hitting better shots more often, you know, better thought process for the, for the round. So Hopefully everybody learned something from this. I, I know I did. Yeah, hopefully we gave you yeah. some ideas of how to practice or some games to play or some drills um, that you can take on in your own practice. So cool. with that, well, cheers. See you all next week. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers to breaking 80.